the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Your Act Weather Forecast. I'm Holly Holdren for AM860 The Answer. And I'm on. This is Dr. Bill, your radio MD. Welcome to the show. Ken, you with me, buddy? You bet I am, Doc. How are you today, sir? I'm good, man. I am good. I'm doing fine. So we had uh, quite a week, huh? A lot going on. Jobs reports, uh, the Ukraine. Uh, the Olympics, oh my gosh, the world is busy, 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 busy. Where do you want to start today? Well, we of course, we have to give the, the virus a shout out. I mean, it, it's still in everybody's head, but the cases are dropping rapidly. In Florida, we're, we've gone from 2,000 per 100,000 a week or two ago down to about 600 now last week. So we're doing really well. And uh, I don't think we've had any any recent deaths, maybe one or two in, in, in our neighborhood uh, from, you know, medical neighborhood from from the COVID virus. And those were people with comorbidities. And, you know, a good example of that, Ken, is I was consulted to uh, do a, what's called a transesophageal echocardiogram, which is an ultrasound of the heart. But you slide a tube down the, the esophagus, down the food tube. Uh, because the heart and the esophagus sit right next to each other. And so you get a much better view of the chambers and the leaflets of the heart. And I was looking for an, an, what we call a vegetation, an infection on a heart valve. Guy was an IV drug abuser who uh, came into the hospital really sick, septic, and he ended up testing positive for COVID. So he's in the ICU. He also had... Uh, little flicks of bacterial emboli go to his brain. So he had some altered mental status with this. At any rate, so I think the guy's going to be fine. He's already on antibiotics and he's being treated appropriately. But if he dies, you know, it's going to be a COVID-related death. Really, it's not. You know, it's incidental that he has COVID. Uh, the, the death would be from the bacterial infection in his heart that's also seeded his entire body if you understand what I'm saying. So it gets chalked up as a COVID case. Yeah, yeah, it gets chalked up as a COVID case. So some of this is, you know, you, you have to really delve into the statistics and uh, divide things out to really get a good feel. But I think that we're on the downswing, at least for this cycle of, of the Omicron. Now, they say there's an Omicron stealth, but I haven't heard a whole lot about it yet. I read yesterday there are four cases in Florida of the stealth. Yeah, and I don't even know how they document that. I guess they have to send it to the CDC where they uh, perform some higher level PCR test to see what the genetic material or the genetic makeup is of the virus. So we'll see what happens. But well, I haven't heard of any other mutations recently, so that's that's a good thing. No, and I, I think that so far we're 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 looking better and better. That doesn't mean that we're out of the woods yet. But the, the good thing is that 95% of 65-year-old and up in the United States are vaccinated, fully vaccinated. So that's a good thing. 
And I'm sure in Florida we're at least that, if not higher. So we're doing okay. Now, the, of course, the Chinese are trying to fight this by lockdown, and so they have this closed loop at the Olympics. Have you heard about that? I have not heard about it. The Olympics are not going well for them, are they? <laughs> well, you know, the problem is that they're so fanatical about not allowing people to interact because they're afraid of spreading the virus uh, that they've got this closed loop. So when you arrive at the airport in Beijing, they take your temperature, they swab your nose, if you have a fever, you're you're immediately isolated at the airport, at the airport, and uh, you get tested every day, and you can't go outside of the Olympic Village. You can't go here. You can't do this. You can't do that. And there was a lot of anxiety uh, over whether or not the Chinese would use this to uh, uh, to censor reporters and censor the athletes from speaking out against the the abuse of the Uyghurs in northwestern China. So one of the Dutch reporters had his microphone ripped away from him the other day and uh, escorted off stage. The uh, International Olympic Committee said it was a misunderstanding and that it was an overzealous uh, cop at the, at the games. And apparently he's back on air. I don't think he was saying anything political. He was just reporting on the, uh, on the, on the games, but I, he was I guess, stand, from what I read about that, he was standing in the wrong place. Yeah, it was he was outside of the quote quote loop. Yes. So you can't stand in the wrong place. You have to be, you have to stay in the circle. Because you know the virus might creep outside of the circle and get somebody. <laughs> you know, but he was live on. He was doing a live shot when that happened. He was doing a live shot yeah. back in the Netherlands. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, it's not going well for China right now. <laughs> you're you're attacking our man, our man, our man on the scene. So at any rate, he's back on now. From what I understand, he's doing okay, and and I think it's important. Yeah, but that was just day one, Doc. <laughs> we have a long way to go here. Yeah, it's, yeah, but you know, the the bottom line is, if if that's the way they're handling the virus, I mean, I, what can you do if you go out to California? You can't go in a store without a mask on. Still. Uh, well, I don't know about still. Maybe that's changed. But, well, if you're going to go into loot, it's best to put a mask on. That's yeah. My, yeah, that's my opinion. Uh, have you seen some of the videos of people just running into high-end stores in New York State and California? I mean, they run in. They grab a handful of stuff. They run out. In one video this morning, there was a security guard, a mall cop there, and he just backed up. <laughs> <laughs> When you're making minimum wage. <laughs> yeah, you know, and like, I'm not risking my neck. I mean, he didn't have a gun or anything. He's just a mall cop. I don't think anybody in New York has a gun, do they? Just the robbers. Mm hmm. <laughs> just the we've, bad guys. We've, we've, well, somebody's armed anyway. They can defend us if we need them to. Uh, that's, that's what I like about Florida. We defend ourselves. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, we're the only free state left in the world, from what I can see. Holy moly. And the Canadians, oh, my gosh, they are telling me stories. And, of course, they're all up in the air. And this, the truckers are still bottling up Ottawa. And they're Toronto, too, now, I heard. I was reading something about Toronto, too. Cities are expanding to other big cities. So we'll see what happens there. It could be that uh, they might get some concessions from uh, Trudeau. And uh, I guess Trudeau's still in hiding. I th think he's afraid that... <laughs> 
went over his toes or something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he's probably came to Florida. He's probably down here somewhere. It's the winter. Yeah, you know? probably, he's probably down in Miami having tea with Ocasio Cortez. There, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, what kind of world are we living in? <laughs> but uh, and of course, Fox News—they're they're ranting and raving about uh, about censorship at the Olympics and censorship here and censorship there. But I I think that what happened with this guy at the Olympics is the reporters that. As you say, he was in the wrong place. He was outside of the quote, quote, closed circle that uh, is meant to keep people from spreading the virus around. Why they don't just vaccinate themselves and get back to work, I don't know. But Maybe their vaccination's not all that good, Doc. It's not, and uh, they because they used that Cinevax, which was a, a killed virus, it was a COVID virus that they inactivated, and just is not as effective as the mRNA vaccines. And even less effective than the uh, adenovirus vaccine. So, but we've got another vaccine coming out, and I'll have, I'll have to fill you in on that when it hits the streets. I, I hear that uh, uh, Moderna is changing the name of their vaccine and going out, coming out with a smaller dose for little kids. So, uh, if you hear a new name out there, it may not be a new vaccine. It may still be the same old Moderna with the RNA in it. Well, I don't want to talk about the virus. I'm sick of it, Ken. <laughs> so am I, Doc. <laughs> well, I, think, I think we all are. You know, back oh. in what was it, uh, 1970, it took about two years in 1917 for the whole thing to die down, didn't it? Yeah, it did. It And, and, and it devastated uh, some areas. You know, I think there were about 60 million people that died from it, known that died from it. Of course, a lot of the world was still very rural then, so you really don't know the whole story that that those are estimates and i'm sure we had a few million die in the united states you know it started in the united states did you know that i did not know that no uh we think it came from a military training camp in oklahoma or texas and uh they the troops were being deployed as you know back and forth across the atlantic and uh i guess somebody from spain caught it and then flew to new york city or somewhere and brought it quote, quote, back into the United States. And so they called it the Spanish flu because that's where we thought it came from. But it looks like it was actually a United States phenomena. And uh, it spread around the world so fast. And that was before jet planes. That was before really any kind of commercial air travel. Uh, It's pretty amazing how quick these things can move. And and how much humans interact. I mean, we are herd animals. And if one member of the herd gets a cold, I guarantee you a whole bunch of us are going to get a cold. Well, I think we did much better at controlling it this time than we did last time. So so far. Yeah. So, yeah, it looks like it. Well, of course, we have vaccines, too. We didn't have that in 1918. We didn't have influenza vaccine. That didn't come along until much later in the century. Uh, I think it was probably in the 50s and 60s when we really first started to develop flu vaccines that, that were effective. And even then, they're only about 75% accurate. Did you know that? I didn't know that. The uh, what, what the virologists do is they guess at the strain that's going to come around in the forthcoming year. So, so like in January, they start looking at what will happen next fall. And they start uh, 
doing their statistical analysis and their DNA analysis, and they try to predict which strains of the virus, of the flu virus, will be out and about. And then they make vaccines to that. So if they and, guess right, it works fine. If not, everybody gets the flu anyway. Well, well, but you remember there's probably three or four different strains uh, of the flu that are in the vaccine each year. So, uh, you know, they kind of roll the dice and see what's going to come up, try to cover the bases, shotgun it, so to speak. I imagine that COVID would be one of those five or six that would be included every year from now on. You would think, and we'll have to kind of guess at what the next strain is, but this is evolving, uh, morphing, uh, uh, whatever you want to say, even faster than the flu does. The flu actually is, is fairly stable, just different strains of it keep coming back around. Whereas this thing, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's changing all the time. And we, we may not be able to guess, or it may take us a little bit longer to figure it out because of the newness of this. And it's going to take a lot of computing power to predict how this thing's going to morph and what it will morph into. But hopefully this will die down with the Omicron because the Omicron is producing some immunity in, in people that have not been vaccinated. Well, so we're not, we're not saying don't take your flu shot. You're still advocating for flu shots, right? Oh, yeah, you got to take a flu shot. And you got to take a, a your your COVID shot too, because despite what you hear from the press, if you've had three injections uh, of the COVID vaccine, especially the RNA vaccines, the Pfizer and the Moderna, uh, you have a much better chance of not getting very sick with the Omicron. Doesn't mean you can't catch it; it just means that you probably won't be very sick, and that's what we've seen. Almost all the hospitalized, really sick patients are not vaccinated unvaccinated with the Omicron. Same with the Delta. It was the same way. So don't don't listen to the press. You listen to Dr. Bill, of course, but don't listen to the press and all the stuff about cloth masks don't work. Yeah, they do. They're about 80% effective. If you have a two-plaque cotton mask uh, that's a tight, tightly woven, tight-knit uh, cotton, and that, that works fairly well. Um, it's not 100%. But even the N95s are only 95% effective. It now, also what if somebody wanted to know what their antibodies were? Could they call you and get that test done? Yeah, call us, 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. You come in, get your antibodies tested. If you're dropping, uh, we'll get you a booster. That's, just, that's simple. Yeah, I know you told me I'm fine right now, so that's good news. Oh, you are, and you're so handsome. <laughs> <laughs> talking about my antibodies, though. <laughs> okay. Okay, I got you. So, so guess what? They have found a huge lithium deposit under the Salton Sea. You know where the Salton Sea is? I have no idea where the Salton Sea is. The Salton Sea is in the very southern part of California and close to the uh, uh, Arizona border and the Mexican border, and it's a salt, highly salt, salty, you know, highly brine brinish lake and it's a pretty big lake but it's shallow and underneath there uh, they have discovered humongous deposits of lithium so i guess that because it's not as environmentally uh, uh, scary for the californians they're going to allow some companies to drill under there probably molly corp's going to be in on that and one of the companies that uh, berkshire hathaway you know warren buffett's gang owns and this is going to be 
as if it turns out the way they projected a huge deposit of lithium and uh, of course that's an extremely valuable commodity that's now called white gold white gold yeah it's it, just what we need right now absolutely i mean if we're going to go electric we got to have somewhere to store the the electrons you know the electrons they can't just float around we don't pull them out of the air they have to be produced and then they have to be pumped like water through uh, lines so, you know electrical lines and you have to have a pressure uh, you know you have to have voltage and amperage and which are electrical terminology for things like pressure and volume and similar to what you would have in a hose that's pushing water or uh, oil through it so we've got to have all that but we have to have somewhere to store these electrons just like we have to have somewhere to store gasoline so where are you going to store it well obviously you can't put it in a gasoline tank <laughs> that won't work <laughs> no so you, you've got to have batteries and uh, the efficient batteries that we have are the lithium uh, lithium batteries and those are the ones that are powering cars powering our cell phones uh, powering our flashlights and all of our other uh, electronic accoutrements so we need that and we have been dependent upon uh, china and chile and a few other countries for our supply of lithium and we don't like that we don't want to be dependent on china and chile absolutely I mean, not no I mean, I'm glad to trade with Chile, and if China's nice and they don't don't take away my my freedoms and my liberties, I'll trade with them too. <clears throat> I'd appreciate it if they would leave Taiwan alone in the South China Sea. Well, I'd appreciate it if they stopped trying to steal all of our copyrights and everything else. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, but you got 1.2 billion people there, and how, how the government's going to control them, God only knows. I mean, you cannot believe that they've got everybody locked down in China. I mean, you go out in the country, who the hell's there to, to tell them to stop doing something, you know? And they, <laughs> yeah. They have about 50 different dialects. Did you know that? I How many? They have about 50 different dialects. But the same language. Well, I think some of them may be so uh, distant from traditional uh, uh, Chinese. You know, there's Cantonese and then there's... Uh, um, Oh, God, what's the other one? Cantonese. Mandarin or something like that? Mandarin? Mandarin? I don't know. Mandarin is the main language, and that's the national language. Cantonese is spoken by the Southeasterners. And uh, then within the, the Cantonese, they have sub-dialects. <laughs> it goes all across the country. They have all these different dialects. You know, it's, 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 uh, it's amazing. That I, it, you wonder how they got unified. Well, you know how they got unified. Some guy came in and killed millions of people and said, you're unified. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the Salton Sea is now going to be uh, a mining area. And I guess what they're going to do, uh, Ken, is they're going to drill down, who knows, 2,000 feet. And I guess there are deposits of salt that have lithium in it. They're going to shoot hot steam down there and melt this stuff, bring it up, process out the uh, the lithium and then pump the water and the salt back down into the the cavity so that it doesn't cave in we don't want anything caving in now do we sounds almost like fracking 
similar to it, only they're not going into shale. They're going into actual salt uh, deposits, from what I can tell. Now well, I'm not an Let's expert. go get it. Let's go get it, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we got to get it. This is muy importante, muy importante. This is a big deal. This is a big deal. Yeah, now who gets the the mining right uh, the uh the mining rights though? I mean, they're going to they're going to uh, obviously contract this out to some company to mine all this stuff out. A lot of Chinese are doing a lot of that in South America right now. In fact, yeah. Mexico Mexico is kicking them out. Well, I think the other thing too is Ch- Chile, uh, the the Chinese are helping them mine their their uh lithium, you know, they have huge lithium deposits up in the mountains on the one of their arid plains up there, you know, frozen deserts up in the high uh, Andes. And and so I guess they're they're pumping it out onto, they're slurring it, and then they pump it out in, in, onto the ground, let it evaporate, and then they go back and reprocess the salt deposits and get the lithium out. So why aren't we working with them? Why are the Chinese doing We Why don't we have an agreement among all the Americas, you know, something like that? Well, you know, for minerals in general, Canada's probably got a ton of lithium somewhere up there. Uh, You know, they have so many natural resources. There's a per capita natural resource wise. They're one of the wealthiest people on Earth. The Australians, the Russians and the the Canadians. But uh, they also have restrictions from their EPA and, you know, their green people and all that. So what are you going to do? I mean, you got to get these these left-wingers out of the way so we can do some real work here. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, let's start digging. Pump some more oil. Yeah, we got to. I mean, we got to, man. I, listen, we could we could shut down this whole Russian-Ukraine thing right now by just ending that pipeline because we had to agree to it, their, their pipeline from Russia to Germany, and the Germans don't want to do anything because they like that cheap uh, gas and oil that they're getting. Sure. And uh, all we have to do is say, cut it off, and the, the Russians will back off. But they're, <clears throat> they're thinking that they can get away with it because Sleepy Joe is, is not man enough. And so that's the problem. Hang on a second. You take over for a second. Sure. I, I, I actually wanted to uh, say that we have, you may not know this if you haven't listened to Doc for a while, but we've been giving away two Dr. Bill, your Radio MD coffee mugs every week now. And all you have to do to win these two delightful, beautiful mugs is to answer one question in the second half of the show. And the question will deal with something that we talked about in the first half of the show. So I hope you've been paying attention because uh, that time to call is coming up shortly. Very soon. Yes. And you get yourself two of those gorgeous Dr. Bill mugs. Oh, boy. They are cool, too. Very I've nice. Got a, you know, I keep trying to remember to bring one up for the show, and I keep grabbing. I've got my... My horsey mug, which is my Kentucky uh, mug, which everybody can see on Facebook and YouTube and wherever else I'm streaming. And uh, it's a beautiful mug, and I love it. I'm, I'm just waiting for the wife to drop it and break it because she, any anything that's big and heavy, she eventually gets tired of it. And, Oops. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. That was my favorite mug. I will get you another favorite mug. <laughs> they have a picture of a horse. It was shaped like a horse. Uh, it is, it's actually, uh, you can't see it, but it's actually, what do you call it? Bass relief where it's, it's actually, uh, out from the mug itself. So it is a separate piece of, uh, porcelain that somebody carved and put onto the mug. It's a beautiful mug and I love it to death. 
right. Well, you won't be winning one of those, but you will be winning two official Dr. Bill coffee mugs if you answer the question a bit later on. Yeah. All right, we've talked. What's next? Where are we going to? we got about three minutes here before we break. Oh, i got to tell you, this has happened a couple of weeks ago. The Florida Court of Appeals says there's no legal right to force the use of ivermectin for COVID patients. Apparently, a family sued the <laughs> doctors in the Mayo Clinic, Florida, up there in Jacksonville, because they refused to administer ivermectin to their critically ill uh, family member. And so it went to the state appeals court, and that was uh, January 27th, 26. What's that, a week ago, a week and a half ago? <clears throat> and the, the court said, first of all, there's no data to show that, that ivermectin does anything. And secondly, you can't dictate to doctors what they can and cannot do. And, uh, you know, they were trying to make, I guess, a wrongful death out of it. <clears throat> oh, okay. And so... I guess the the question was whether Mr. Paisano, that's his real name, P-I-S-A-N-O. Paisano, by the way, means friend, Paisan, uh, countryman, I think, in, the, in Italian, has the right to choose life, but that framing misses the legal dispute at, at question. He didn't have the right to choose life or death. Uh, that's not what they were disputing. Ultimately, they were disputing whether or not you could force doctors to use medications and treatments that... Uh, were not proven to be of value. And the court said, no, you can't force doctors to do that. And I've had patients come in and call me and want ivermectin, and I just say, no, it doesn't work. I'll give you something else. Uh, and most of the time, if I talk to them, they will calm down and, and, and heed me. But uh, this, this idea that democracy means that you can dictate everything to everybody, Ken, it doesn't work. Not you know, everything is freedom of speech. You know what I mean? Well, plus you you cannot. Uh, I mean, you cannot usurp the power of people who have a, a knowledge level and are there for you. Now you can say I'm not going to submit to it. That's one thing. But you can't say you have to do this for me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, sure. There's a big difference. You don't have the right to dictate to me how I will treat you. But you, you're welcome to make suggestions, and people do all the time, and they, they come in with articles, and I look at it, and, you know, I learn things because I don't know everything. And I say, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. We'll go ahead and cut your head off and see if that'll work. <laughs> <laughs> you know, usually that doesn't, but you never know. You know, you try it a few times and see what happens. All right, Doc, with that, with that thought, let's take a break. What do you say? All right, I'm out of here. Don't forget me. I'm at 727-384-6411. And what's that number for the, for the station, Ken? It is 877-969-8600. 877-969-8600. So let's get on the stick here, folks, and get one of those mugs for yourself. You bet. We'll be asking that question in just a couple minutes. Don't go anywhere. All right, With SRN News, I'm Michael Harrington in Washington. U.S. officials say Russia has assembled at least 70% of the military firepower it likely intends to have in place by the middle of this month to give President Vladimir Putin the option of launching a full-scale invasion of Ukraine. Officials sketched out a series of indicators suggesting Putin intends an invasion in coming weeks, although the, sky, the size and scale of it is unclear. Police in Texas say a gunman killed four members of his own family yesterday, including a child, before fatally shooting himself as officers approached. Corsicana Police Chief Robert Johnson tells the Daily Sun 
One shooting was reported overnight in the town of Corsicana. It's about 50 miles south of Dallas. And the Navy says one Navy SEAL candidate has died and a second is in the hospital after falling ill just hours after they completed the grueling Hell Week test. This is SRN News. I am Dr. Bill for Bay Area Medical, located at 6399 38th Avenue North in St. Pete, 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. Full-service clinic with x-ray, heart imaging, ultrasound, stress testing, and minor surgery. We provide quality health care in a warm and friendly atmosphere. We are multilingual, well-trained, and certified. Most American insurance and new patients accepted. Bay Area Medical, home of can care, 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. Dr. Bill here. With social distancing and sheltering in place, telemedicine is here. Bay Area Medical Home of Can Care Clinic offers telemedicine for new and established patients. You can see me without an office visit. Schedule an appointment at 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. When it's time for your appointment, type this web address into your cell phone or computer web browser doxy.me forward slash Bay Area Med. A cell phone works well and is all you really need. For computers, you need a web camera and speakers. We'll give you this address when you call for your appointment. We accept most insurances and travel insurances. Canadians and visitors, please call your travel insurance company for an authorization number prior to the visit. Co-pays and deductibles apply. Self-pay rates are available. Just ask. We accept credit cards, PayPal, and Stripe. 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. Dr. Bill here. My friends at St. Pete MRI and Sleep Diagnostics are your best choice for state-of-the-art MRI, CT, and sleep studies. Quality unsurpassed. 25 years experience makes St. Pete MRI my go-to imaging center. Self-pay rates are competitive and out-of-pocket cost a fraction of a hospital. Conveniently accessible from both sides of the bay at 750 94th Avenue North, St. Pete, near the Gandhi, 727-577-2220, 727-577-2220. If you want to make a difference in your life that impacts you for years to come, then it's time to stand with Israel by going there. Consider the thrilling excitement of joining nationally syndicated media host Dr. Sebastian Gorka and renowned author and filmmaker Dinesh D'Souza on the Stand with Israel Tour November 30th through December 9th, 2022. Journey through the Holy Land with two of the most respected political commentators of today. Together with like-minded travelers, you'll see over 40 iconic sites during the 10-day tour. You can pray at the Western Wall in Old City, Jerusalem, float on the Dead Sea, and take a boat out into the middle of the Sea of Galilee. Visit StandWithIsraelTour.com to reserve your spot or call 855-565-5519. Visit StandWithIsraelTour.com or call 855-565-5519 to book today. You want to feel important. You want to be a part of something bigger, something that matters and can help change things. You want to feel like you belong. We know. We felt that way, too. And that's why we did something about it. We aren't just Army National Guard soldiers. We are normal people just like you. And together, we can make a difference. Take on your legacy. Visit NationalGuard.com to find out more. Sponsored by the Florida Army National Guard. Aired by the Florida Association of Broadcasters and this station. AM 860, The Answer. Online at theanswertampa.com. Odyssey. 
Here is your exclusive AccuWeather forecast. We had a brief shower too early. Mostly cloudy skies through tomorrow. High today 67, low tonight 59, high tomorrow 69. Then cloudy tomorrow night with on and off rain and drizzle late and a low of 54. Expect rainy weather late tomorrow night to continue through Tuesday afternoon with a high of 61. That's your AccuWeather forecast. I'm Holly Holdren for AM860 The Answer. Right, are we back? We are, sir. Oh my God, there was a gap there. I thought I'd lost you. <laughs> no, just my fat fingers pushing the wrong button. <laughs> <laughs> Buttons 101 and 102. We got to go back over that. <laughs> so this has been from the Babylon Bee, which is fake news that you can trust. CNN employees are now required to wear chastity belts. Cut down on, <laughs> on lawsuits over there. I guess. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And with that, let's go to the questions, shall we, Doc? Absolutely. Let's ask today's question now, uh, today's trivia question. Not really trivia, factual, because the Doc was talking about this just a half an hour ago. And if you're the first one to answer the call at 877-969-8600, 877-969-8600, you will win two Dr. Bill, your Radio MD coffee mugs. And the question is, we found a huge lithium deposit and the uh, Salton Sea, is that what it is? Yeah, the Salton Sea. You tell me what state of the Union the Salton Sea is located. What hey. state? First one with the correct answer at 877-969-8600 wins. That's 877-969-8600. That's big news. I, I love that news. That's, I hadn't heard about that yet. Yeah, and uh, I'll try not to give the answer away this week. <laughs> <laughs> me and my big mouth so uh the, the i guess the republicans had a a, a vote and in, in their primary uh you know the 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 core of the republican party now is highly conservative as you know and so they're still very pro trump and trump still has a quite a hold on the party and they decided to go with someone who was more trumpish and someone who was not a trump lover uh, and this is this is from guess where I read this article. Where the, the Times of India. <laughs> you know, uh, you, you can't even get this at home. You have to go outside the country to find news about what's going on in our own country. Because you know, they want to talk about the uh, the um, the rebellion or what is it they call it the treason and at the at the capital. And and, the, and Fox News wants to talk about the border and and crime. At any rate, so Trump still has a pretty strong hold on the party, and it's it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see. I think that uh, Ron DeSantis has pulled up even with him in terms of general popularity. But you got to get through the primaries first. You got to get through the uh, rank and file rank and file before you become the candidate to take on the, the Democrats in the general election. Uh, and I would think that it's going to be hard for, if Trump wants to run, it's going to be hard for anybody to overcome that. But I, you never know. You never know what happens in politics. The American people can be fickle. Yeah, and, you know, a lot changes within within a short period of time. Uh, you look at the jobs report, the, the Republicans were hoping that it would not be good news, and it turned out to be good news, kind of, sort of. You know, it. Yeah, we did put on 
several hundred thousand new jobs last week, according to the report. But we also had people quit jobs, which you don't hear about. And the unemployment rate's staying right around 4%. So it's it's sort of a, a, a break-even, you know, it was a, a zero net. And also you have to look at the cost of goods, Ken, which are going up with inflation. And even though wages are increasing, if you if you have a 6% inflation rate and you get a 6% wage increase, um, it, it really doesn't help. I mean, you haven't really made it. You haven't caught up. You haven't made any ground. Hey, you're just you're, treading water there. You're just treading water. And, and so this is, uh, <clears throat> but this is politics too. You, you know, you have presidents try to take, uh, they, they try to put the blame on somebody else when it's bad and take credit when it's good. And you think about getting out of Afghanistan. Do you think the majority of people are going to remember that next fall? I I, well, that's what commercials are for. They remind the American public. Let's hope that they do remember, because I think it's important to remember that that we left in disgrace. And, and uh, I, I don't know. Do you think we'll have a lot of starvation in Afghanistan this winter? I, <laughs> I bet it's not pleasant there at all right now. Oh, I don't think I'd want to be there on vacation. If I were on their Olympic team, I'd go to China and never leave. <clears throat> if you want to go on vacation, I'd suggest Maui or something like that, yeah. So then we get back to the border uh, between Russia and Ukraine, and the Russians still have 100,000 troops there. I guess they sent some home <clears throat> now that Joe Biden's only sent, what, four or 5,000, or he says he's going to send four or 5,000. But we did actually send some senior advisors there, uh, the general in charge of the 82nd Airborne Battalion or whatever, <clears throat> and they're setting up real close to the Ukraine border in Poland. Did you know that? Uh, how close? <laughs> Pretty close. Close enough, huh? Yeah. All right. Close, I mean, close enough that you could you could fire your 105 uh, millimeter cannons without any problem and and hit something in the Ukraine. I mean, I'm not quite sure what there is to hit uh, at that part of the world, but because the Ukraine's a, a big country and a lot of open land, but uh, I don't think you could hit Kiev from there. But I don't know. Well, I was reading yesterday that a um, U.S. general uh, probably told a Senate committee that um, if the Russians attacked, they could be in Kiev in 72 hours. They probably could, but uh, hopefully we'll be handing or lending them some tanks and armaments to slow them down. I mean, you don't want to let the Russians just walk in without getting a little, little whack on the butt. Yeah, we got to get their hair mussed up a little bit, yeah. Yeah, you know, that's uh, they won't appreciate it if they don't shed a little blood for it. And uh, we want them to really appreciate it. <laughs> we want them to savor their victory over the over the pesky Ukrainians who they've been trying to su- subdue and uh, submit to their will for hundreds and hundreds of years. And that Ukrainians just keep popping back up and getting their independence. Oh, well, what are you going to do? Hey, I saw uh, Putin fell asleep at the Olympics. Well, it's, you know, it's tiring to watch those athletes do all that. He's getting older, too. He, he doesn't look like the guy he did 10 years ago. Remember I think this when... was the opening ceremonies. I think he just got bored. Well, that, too. I mean, and, and it's in Chinese, and he doesn't speak Chinese. So, you know, that... But his, Man... his people had an interesting spin that he, clo- they... he closed his eyes as the Ukrainian team walked by. <laughs> I love it. 
And so, uh, so here's the big thing now. I got Nick, one of the guys in the lunchroom. He he always waxes philosophical and political and nice boy. I say boy because he's ten years younger than me. <laughs> you know, for in most of the world he'd be a man, but uh, <laughs> any rate. He's saying, well, we didn't stick to our agreement with Russia after 1991 when everything, when the wall came down and everything changed and the Soviet Union broke up into all the separate states, all the SSRs became independent countries. And, you know, I'm like, Nick, we didn't have an agreement. Well, the president said and that we had the Budapest Memorandum on Security Assurances, which was hammered out, I guess, in 1994 when Clinton was in office and it was an agreement. It was a memorandum. It was not a, uh, a legal document. It was not a treaty, not a pact. And what people forget, Ken, is that the president can negotiate, but ultimately any treaty or any foreign alliance or pact or any peace treaty that, that uh, is enacted has to be approved by the Senate. That's in our constitution. And so even though this Budapest uh, memorandum on security said that, oh, we won't we won't pull the uh, the Ukrainians into our NATO thing. Uh, mainly, it was to get the nuclear weapons out of the Ukraine that the Russians had parked there, so they could be a little bit closer to Western Europe and shoot at shoot at them quicker. So, with the independence of the Ukraine, Belarus, and Kazakhstan, uh, these these three. SSR countries that were former Soviet satellites or part of the Soviet Union, they had nuclear weapons. Did you know that? I did. Yeah, absolutely. They were well, they were Soviets. They were so they were they were controlled by the Soviets. The Russians had the had all the codes, the firing the codes and all that. Uh, but they were um, maintained and housed in in Ukraine and Belarus and Kazakhstan, and uh, so we had to figure out a way to get those out of there before they got in the hands of terrorists. And uh, so this was part of the of the Budapest Accord or Budapest Agreement Memorandum on Security Assurances. And along with that came some, uh, some you know, we won't pull the Ukraine in, into NATO, but uh, that that's not uh, a promise. I mean, that was uh, like a gentleman's agreement. You guys behave, we'll behave, you know. And uh, so now that Russia is, again, expanding and the Ukraine is saying we want to be, by the way, they've wanted to be part of NATO off and on for the better part of 20, 25 years now, Ken. And uh, they had one president who actually uh, escaped the Ukraine (laughs) because he was pro-Russia. And the people were like, hey, we ain't putting up with this guy. So he he ran off. I don't know where he is now. I think he might be at the Olympics. Taking a nap, <laughs> but you know, with there's been a lot going on, and then after the Russians came in and took the Crimea in what 14, 2014, 2013, the Ukrainians really started to get their their uh, their Irish up. Can they? Can a Ukrainian get his Irish up? <laughs> sure, he can. I, oh yes, absolutely. So, you know, they started hooping and hollering, and they voted in a more nationalistic uh, uh, president and parliament, and. Uh, then they're back saying, we want to be part of NATO. And the the presidents, both uh, Bush and uh, Clinton, realized that they would never get an agreement through the Senate, uh, a treaty that would say 
absolutely how Ukraine would fall, whether it would fall on the side of, of and become a NATO member or whether it would be uh, left out of NATO to be a buffer state between Russia and Western Europe. Uh, you know, I, I personally think that we should have let them in, but uh, you don't know if that would have precipitated a, a war with Russia or not. I don't think so. Uh, and certainly stationing NATO troops on Ukrainian territory would be a big deterrent because if the Russians did attack, they'd be attacking NATO. And you say, well, NATO's really overextended. It was supposed to be the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, and now we've got countries all the way over to the Mediterranean in it. Uh, well, <clears throat> it's a very small world, Ken, as I've said before. It's not the same world it was when NATO was formed in 1949, 1950. This is, uh, this is a different time in history, and we need to be proactive. And people say, well, why are we sending troops to defend the Ukrainian border, and we can't even defend our own border? They're two separate issues. Come on, come on. They're not the same thing. Uh, we need to defend our own border. We need to have the border regulated with uh, Mexico. But uh, that doesn't mean that we ignore our other security risk around the world. So we've got to make a decision as to how proactive we're going to be. Uh, you can say, well, we could just end this whole thing by shutting down the pipeline that goes from Russia to, to Germany and then feeds the Germans natural gas and oil. Yeah, we could. Uh, now, the Germans would pitch a fit, but we could sell them natural gas. we got tons of it. And if Smokey Joe, Sleepy Joe, would let us start pumping oil again, we had tons of oil we could ship. Of course, a pipeline is a, a, a lot more efficient and less risky in terms of a breach of the hull and, and oil spills. But there's still oil spills with pipelines. You know that. Sure, absolutely. And uh, what are you going to do? Uh, you, you can't stop human error. I mean, that's going to be with us. But human error has gotten less and less over the decades as our technology and our, our computing and our engineering and everything have, have gotten more sophisticated. And uh, by the way, did you know that Chile, uh, that, uh, Chile, China and France also gave assurances to the Ukraine uh, for security uh, from the Russians? But... I don't think the Chinese are going to stick by that. The nah, Chinese are going to back out of that for sure, yeah. You know, that, that was like, oh, here's a piece of paper that says, we'll take care of you if you get into trouble. And, oh, we lost our copy of that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Doc, we got a winner. All right, who we got? Uh, oh, you're going to like this. You got a web winner. Eaton D, D, I believe is the way they pronounce it, from Miami, Florida. Come on, you guys. Welcome, Miami. As our winner today, you're going to have to ship out to Dr. Bill, your Radio MD coffee mugs to the Miami area. So congratulations, Eaton Diaz. And the winning state, by the way, the winning answer was uh, California. Very good. And uh, Miami, we thank you for listening to us. We love you guys down there. And uh, we, we appreciate your, your mayor and your city council. You guys are doing a great job uh, keeping the crime rate down and taking care of business and keeping South Beach beautiful. You go down there and fall on your face and have a good time. That's a beautiful part of the world, you know what? I've only been down there a couple of times, what I do. I did enjoy myself, I'll tell you that. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's very nice. And, and and very international. You've got people from all over. You've got big uh, uh, South American communities. You've got a big Puerto Rican community. You've got Cuban community. You've got 
Northeastern Jewish community, you got Irish, you got everything. I think even uh, Al Capone had a place down there for a while, didn't he? Absolutely. Yes, he did. That that gives it some flavor. That gives it some flavor. <laughs> so we, what's who was it who won, by the way? What's the name? Uh, Eaton, I believe it's pronounced Diad. Eaton Diad. Eaton Diad. Yeah, D-I-A-D. So congratulations, Eaton. Congratulations, Eaton. Welcome. So at any rate, we're, we're talking a little bit about what's going to happen with the Ukraine and the Russians on the border. Uh, a lot of people say that the Russians are just posturing. Uh, and what they want is uh, an, a secure agreement that the Ukraine will not become a NATO member. And, of course, our Senate is never going to ratify that. No. That's, that's not going to happen. And there's a misunderstanding with people that when the president makes a handshake agreement on something, uh, that doesn't mean that it is a treaty. It has to go through the Senate. So SALT II did go through the Senate, but that did not address Ukraine as an independent country uh, or whether or not it would be part of NATO. What that addressed was what's going to happen to the nuclear weapons in the former Soviet states uh, now that they are no longer part of the Soviet Union. Can we get those out of there? And, uh, you know, get a grip around that and start cutting down on the number of nuclear weapons that are being deployed by the United States and Russia. By the way, the Chinese have not, I don't think, have entered into any uh, agreement with us or the Soviet Union on, on uh, uh, restriction or limiting the number of nuclear weapons and warheads. I don't think they have. Have you heard anything? Uh, they have not. As far as I know, they are free to build as many as they like. And they're doing a good job of it, too. Then they have, uh, yeah, instituted a new program to rush those through. So, Yep. So the annexation of the Crimea by Russia in 2014 has really changed the complexion of the area. Uh, but the complication is, the once again, the Germans and the Russians are, are playing kissy face until one of them turns on the other. They, they tend to do that, you know. <laughs> Yeah, history has shown that will happen at some point. Yeah, I mean, let's face it: World War One and World War Two were just were just battles to see whether the Germans or the Russians would control Europe, and uh, really, n neither came out of it uh, a winner. You know, the the Russians won the Second World War, but uh, they really didn't gain that much. They had what Eastern Europe for forty, fifty years, and now it's oh, it's all part of NATO now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that, that didn't you know, that didn't work out too well for them. I don't, you know, somebody needs to sit down and talk to the Germans and Russians and explain to them how war works and you know why it doesn't seem to be working for those two. So but, stop, uh, so stop trying, guys. It just isn't going to work for you. I mean, you know, look, the, the Germans and the Russians had a had a non-aggression pact right before World War II. The, the, the Russians were shipping oil and, and the Germans were shipping whatever. And, you know, they were trading back and forth. And, and then Hitler turned around and attacked them. That's right. You can't trust the, either one of them. And then the Russians came in and, and just trounced the Germans. Oh, my gosh. And they That's, never left, right? Yeah. And, and they stayed there for, what, 40, 50 years. Yeah. Uh, I, I, did I tell you I was talking with an old uh, East German toy maker in uh, Carlsbad, uh, Czechoslovakia in 1994. It was a few years after the wall fell, and they were more free to move around. And he was telling me how it was in, in East Germany uh, during the, the Soviet era. Fascinating. Uh, 
he said that he could own a business, but if he had more than X number of employees and he fell under the federal government's uh, auspices, so he kept his number of employees down to five or six, because I think seven or 10 was the cutoff. Similar to what we have, you know, if you have 25 employees, you're at a certain level. If you have 15, the EEOC kicks in. Uh, if you're over 100, you have different things kicking in. So if you're if you're a small company like ours with five, six, seven, eight employees, you fall below the radar on a lot of these federal mandates. <clears throat> and the same thing in the Soviet states. So you could have a free enterprise, but of course you, you had a lot of restrictions on you just like you do here. And that, that's the thing that we don't want here is we don't want Soviet style uh, restrictions on our businesses and on our free enterprise and on our freedoms. And uh, th this is the problem. This is what we're pushing back against. And, and I think that it's important that we remember that the Ukraine is and has been uh, an ally of, of the West for basically centuries and that they have fought the Russians over and over and over again. And uh, we have a responsibility, I think, or I feel, to, uh, to assist these people. If we can't go in with troops, certainly we can give them armaments and, uh, and defensive weapons or offensive weapons, give them, some, give them some of our Abrams tanks and teach them how to use it. Of course, you could always put one of our guys in there with it. Be the arsenal of democracy once again. That's right. Yeah, and we should be. We should be. I mean, there's just absolutely no reason for us not to be. And we have people that we have an all-volunteer army so that uh, the people that go to war for us at this point in time want to do it. They're not conscripts. They're not, they're not drafted. They're, 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 vo they're volunteers, you know. And if you want to volunteer to fight and fight for the cause you believe in, well, you know, I respect that. And whether the cause is freedom and democracy or uh, fascism or whatever, I respect your right to make that decision. I also respect your right to be killed by me if you are on the wrong side of the of the equation because uh, I don't want to live under fascism. I don't want to live under communism. And I think the best way to protect against totalitarianism is to stand up to it, Ken. you got to do that. We found the other way doesn't work. The other way does not work. We tried that before World War II. It doesn't work. We've tried it in a, in a number of uh, venues, even our own civil war. You know, all the Democratic uh, presidents in the 1850s tried to make peace with everybody and, and uh, throw their hands up in the air when, when it didn't work out. You know, the, the, uh, the, the, the treaties to make one new state coming in non-slave and another one slave and all that. I mean, it was just it didn't work. You know, somebody strong needed to come in like Lincoln and say, mm -mm, we ain't doing it that way. We're all free. Or, or we're, we're nothing, you know, that, and that's the way you got to do it at times. Uh, we have the same thing happen. It's, it's universal. Doc, we've got about 30 seconds left. You want to give the office number one more time? Yes, I do. It's uh, Dr. Bill at 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. Ken, we've got the vaccine. We've got the rapid PCR. We've got the rapid antigen test, which is a little cheaper. And uh, we're there for you. We're accepting new patients. We love you, Americans and Canadians, and especially people from Miami, Ken. We <laughs> love Miami. Say goodbye, I'm, Doc. I'm Dr. Bill. I'm out of here. Have a good one, everybody. Thank you for listening to Dr. Bill, your radio MD. 
Join Dr. Bill every Sunday morning at 9 for more insight, information, provocation, and fun. Dr. Bill Handelman practices in St. Petersburg, Florida at Bay Area Medical Can Care Clinic, 6399 38th Avenue North. For your convenience, telemedicine appointments are available. Call his office today at 727-384-6411. That's 727-384-6411. Or visit his website at Clinic. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.